Hey, Pride fam, get ready for a brand new episode of Pride the Podcast. Featuring special guest co-host, producer Teresa Kelton. So grab yourself a treat and take a little time to hang with Pride. Welcome back, guys, to another Hello. episode of Ride the Podcast. Yes. <laughs> Brought to you by our friends over at Rehab Entertainment and DNR Studios. And we are joined by a very special guest today, Rehab Entertainment's very own Teresa Kelton. Teresa's in the house, live from LA. What's up, Teresa? I'm happy to be here. It's good to see y'all. I know. And she's in good company with our co-host, Daryl Anthony and Miss Ashley Mitchell, who are on the West Coast with Teresa. We're coming to you with a bi-coastal Pride the Podcast episode. Hello. There you go. Because we rich. We rich and we got money. Well, Ashley has money. Somebody's ears. I know that's right. How's it going over there? Oh, by the way, I'm Mr. Braden Bradley. I don't and know. I'm Adam Andrew Rios on the soundboard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Darrell Anthony. Uh, and I'm Ashley Mitchell. So what's going on, guys? How's LA? Yeah, what's up? What? Like, oh, we also here. Teresa. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Teresa's also here. Go ahead and tell us, Teresa Kelton. What's your name? Teresa Kelton. Go ahead and tell us. Teresa Kelton. Hey, Teresa Kelton. <laughs> what's going on over in the West Coast, y'all? <sighs> Yo, man, it's a lot. It's I, it's crazy because I was just talking to Ashley earlier. I was like, I feel like the LA it's coming to an end. We just got here, but it feels like it's going by so quick because, I mean, we have next week. You guys will be here. Adam will be here. Um, Corey will be joining us, and uh, Lindsay Petunia will be joining us. <laughs> so, I mean, it's and then we'll be in Vegas, and then we'll be back in New York before we know it. So it's like coming to an end. But, what have y'all uh, been doing I, over there on the West Coast? Working, yeah. Well, I've Darrell's on sabbatical, so he's been um, lounging. I have been lounging. <laughs> I've been sleeping quite a bit. That's good. Well, that's you great. look you look fresh, friend. I'm very happy. I'm <laughs> very wanting to quit my job. But. Yeah, um, but my black ass has been working, <laughs> working a lot. Make that money. Working, make that uh, money. I was finishing out the HBO docu series I've been working on. HBO food documentary. And I filmed General Hospital on Wednesday, so I was really in my bag this week. What what was your character on General Hospital? Oh, you know, just a nurse, Nurse Ashley. That's great. <laughs> did you come? Did you, did you give like a rectal exam to anybody? A re- I definitely gave a few rectal exams. Oh my um, god! Did they enjoy it? Of course they did. I know they did. This is going Ter- creepy. I don't like it. So, no, 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 Teresa, no. Teresa, how's it been having half the gang of Pride the Podcast with you? 
Mm-hmm. Well, I miss everybody being here. I know last time we had everybody here. We right? should yeah. So we have to do that again. Mm-hmm. But um, it's been amazing. I mean, I haven't like had anyone here for over a year. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so Teresa, you're on the panel today. Give our listeners a little bit of background of who you are and what it is that you do. Sure. Um, well, I, I am a co-founder now of Rehab Entertainment. Oh, she's a co-founder. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> last year, right at the top of 2020. Um, have you I, co-founded us any money? I have not co-founded. Still finding it. Still, still finding it. <laughs> co- co-finding, co-finding. Still finding <laughs> um, And yeah, it's been, I mean, last year was crazy, obviously, but it was also oddly busy a lot of development stuff going on on the slate of things we're working on at harriet the spy which is an animated series and development yes. over at apple tv yes amazing um and then yeah there's uh we're redoing short circuit and flight of the navigator um and both of those are like moving strong forward and script phase so hallelujah yes. things to shoot next year we love um, that and then, I'm of course, big Pride big the big Series. Big Pride the Series, the third season is in pre-development over at the co-founding Rehab Entertainment. Pre, 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 pre. We love yeah. to hear it. So I want to say how we actually know each other because we haven't actually got a chance to say this. So Teresa and I met in college. Um, and that's all I can Decades say. Decades ago, eons ago. <laughs> that, that's all you have to it. say is college. college. We understand. Um, we had quite some times. We've actually been revisiting, not revisiting, we've been um, <laughs> looking back at those times. Looking back. Looking yes. back. Yes. Yikes. And what are, what are some memories that you're looking back on? A lot of late night well, hot tub excursions. I know that hot tub. Y'all, y'all you know, know that hot tub. That is one we can tell. We actually have been talking about how we would always go to someone else's hot tub and pool that was not our own. Yeah, because no ours were always hot. broken. Because we had broken them. Yeah. That is not true. We went. We we had like two or three pools and a hot tub, and we did those frequently. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. When yeah, our, our roommate hot tub was usually busted. When so our roommate always... had the gun and was threatening to kill us, we would run to the pool in the hot tub. That's true too. You know, we there was also a time that we talked about recently that we all took a week out of school and stayed in Austin at Embassy Suites and went to the club pretty much every night. That was fun. I don't remember that. Was I there or just blackout? You were there. There's videos floating around. Okay, so blackout. <laughs> I only remember I don't remember was that, like a week. Was I that the time going... that I won the strip contest? I don't see. I don't, there's I don't just know. too many nights that I don't remember. No, but this was like which night? I, exactly. We were, senior year. Yeah, and we were not. We literally, for some reason, was in Austin every day, and we were just like, "Listen, we did every theme night at Rain." Yeah, <laughs> like we did every mm. theme night. Yeah, so. I miss fucking Rain. It's it doesn't exist anymore, does it? Yeah, it, it does. It does. Rain is on and popping. Well, Rain on me, tsunami. Hello. Wow. <laughs> yeah. No, they they have like a new well. They have like a new outdoor deck area, whatever, but that's like years old now. Is but it to a us, it's new. Big deck. Big deck. Mm. <laughs> okay, so what else is happening over there in LA besides Darrell being horizontal? Uh, wait, what? wait. <laughs> I have been sleeping, yes. Right, I actually well, went today for my COVID test for a general hospital. Okay, when are you going? And... So Ashley, Ashley's been on set. When are you going on set? 
Tuesday. Tuesday. I filmed Tuesday. Are you? I, yeah, I'm so assuming you're the st still the same character, right? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> sure. That, I mean, that's what I'm credited as. We'll let it rock. <laughs> um, it's good, but I'm glad I'm. Be, I think I'm wearing something that's gonna be hiding these little COVID pounds that just won't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I definitely had a little moment. <laughs> What, okay, moment? Wait, what moment? Wait, what moment, Ashley? I went to the hospital and, you know, I, I go to the wardrobe department and, you know, I had already pre-warned her. I was like, you know, quarantine was not kind to me. So <laughs> I've gained, gained, gained a few pounds. So <laughs> she was like, all right, I got your pants. And she was like, I pulled um, a double XL. And she like stretched the shirt, looks at the shirt, looks at me. And I was like, you need a triple X. <laughs> go and steam it. Let me just... You know what I did today? And Adam was over at my place just a little bit a little bit ago. I put on some shorts that I used to could not fit in, and now I'm fitting in them. Okay. Oh, congratulations. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I mean, look at me. Don't I look so good? Yeah, y'all are both looking like skinny legends. Thank you so much. Look at these cleavage right here. Thank you so much. Like what you're doing with your boobs. You know, I'll be trying. I'll be trying to get them twins like Ashley Mitchell. You know, I do have some twins. Big tits. That's Big kind of tits. that's kind of when I knew I was like I need to change something. It was like I have underwear. Well, that. But I was like going into triple X shirts, and I was like, I have, means I have to buy a completely new wardrobe. And I was like, I know, no. And my blood pressure was way too high, so I was like, I have to get my fat ass to do some. Well, and I sir. was stupid and tried to buy a couple of birthday outfits. And I wasn't looking at what I was buying on two of the shirts, and I bought two shirts that were muscle T fit, and those are the shirts that you wear when you have a flat stomach. Um, so one of the shirts I put over, and you know, you know, I was a little pregnant, but the other shirt wouldn't go past my titties, and I was just like, why not? Why the fuck not? Uh, but guys, last week we actually went and we saw it in the Heights. So what was everyone's thoughts about the movie? Oh, I'm so glad you brought that up because I have watched it literally five times since it was released on Friday. And today is, I don't even know what today it was. Um, today is Friday, so a week ago. Oh, that's great. So <laughs> the first opening weekend, I literally watched it five times because I was obsessed with it. Also, my serotonin yeah. was low after one night. And I just like cried and I laughed and I was angry and I was all those four emotions that Laura Lane taught us in college like yeah. happy mad glad sad or whatever the fuck it was I was all of that during the entire entire film I thought it was yeah. beautifully done I uh -huh. thought the uh, story was nice I didn't really know like the changes that had been made, what was cut or what wasn't or whatever. Like, you know, Darrell and Lindsay and Ashley know like by heart. Yeah. So I liked that. that I, I know by heart too. Why are you leaving me out? Oh, all right. I don't know. Cause they're always playing it. Like always. Yeah, me too. You know my life. I want to know how Lindsay felt about her song being cut. No, 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 no. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, I actually that, didn't even realize that until you just cut the whole character. Yeah. Poor Priscilla Lopez. We love her. her. Who, Priscilla? Yeah. Yeah. You better dance the shit out of it. The original <laughs> cast has actually been making posts and tribute to her. So I'm assuming something must be going on behind the scenes. Oh, tell us the tea, Darrell. Tell us the tea. I don't know the tea. I'm just saying that I saw like a couple of like Mandy Gonzalez was one of them. Um, also Karen Olivo. And like I noticed that Karen Olivo, she actually did not 
post about the movie at all. She didn't say congratulations. She didn't say nothing. And I neither did Mandy Gonzalez, I don't think. So I'm con- I'm confused well, because I heard she well because at one point she was like, I'm done with Broadway, right? Like she who, was Mandy? like, yeah. no, Karen. Karen. No, yeah, because she was like, I don't like the way things like are being run. Yeah, right. the politics of it all. So she's right. like, I'm out. Well, then how are you going to make money, sis? But then that's when she came back from Moulin Rouge. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, with Adam and I got to see, which was amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, she's actually doing a lot of work um, on her social media page about um, equality for black and brown people and, and really advocating for Afro-Latinas, which is interesting. And I think it might have a lot to do with the in the hype controversy that's been going on about casting um, a lot of people feel that Washington Heights was not like depicted correctly. Um, I don't know if I feel that way. I was going to ask. That... I was going to ask. Go ahead, Dora. No, I, I don't know if I feel that way. I think that who they cast is because I've seen the show so many times on Broadway, off Broadway, touring cast, high school cast. It's always been people who look like they looked in the movie. So not saying that that's right, but I guess I just didn't feel that upset. And I've talked to a couple of our friends, um, like for instance, uh, Jill Kowser, um, who was on the podcast as well. Um, and I spoke <laughs> to her and, you know, she feels the same way. She's like, I liked what it was. Um, but I don't know. I think that everyone, there does need to be representation for everyone. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, a bit of me was kind of like, I mean, can we just be happy? Because I remember back in the day, where Madonna played Ava Perone, okay? Yeah, and I remember, there you go. Like, like we're, we're talking about people who, you know, Angelica Houston played a character that wasn't her race. So Rita Marino actually spoke out, and I'm like, sis, you've been in blackface half your life. You literally have darkened your skin for every role you had, because she spoke out against it. I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. So, so you disagree with the controversy that's been expressed? I, I think you can critique something. But the whole let's like not support the film, let's boycott it, let's not support it is actually hurting the cause more than it's helping it, in my opinion. So why why do you think Lynn Manuel Miranda came out and gave his apology? Is he just uh, I asked that because is he just giving into like the system, meaning fine, I'll just apologize just to apologize, or does he actually believe it and do you think it was warranted? Uh probably a little bit of both, but I I believe that do I think that everybody should um, be held accountable and that we should have brought light to the fact that it was all fair-skinned Latinas and there was no dark-skinned um, Latinx? And yes, absolutely. You have to hold people accountable. However, yes, we do need to support the film because there isn't that kind of representation, period. And Lin-Manuel did bring that. It's kind of like... Um, Tyler Perry. <laughs> Sometimes he um, misses the mark, but he is always opening up opportunities for black and brown actors. And so like, we have to focus on that while still holding people accountable. I think the conversation is important because there is obviously a history of there being, um, you know, colorism issues between in the Latin community and the black community, any community, honestly, where you're a POC, the darker shades always, there's always an issue. And so I think it was, it is important that we needed to have that conversation, but I think we should still support the film because it's amazing. There is representation. It's just not as much as we wanted. And I mean, I still love the film. I I loved the film and And I I loved loved Nina and Vanessa. 
And yeah. Dasha, See? Dasha's crazy ass. Well, yeah, how? it's just like they missed the mark on that one thing and they needed to be called out for it, but I don't think people should be harping on it and just canceling and doing all that. It's just like, yeah, let's just have a conversation, but the film's still great. Yeah, like, like and see, that's how I felt. I felt like, oh, the movie was great. I cried. It was a beautiful mm-hmm. representation of, like, Latinx people. But then when the, um, you know, all of that came out about why are there no dark-skinned people in the main cast, I was like, hmm, you're right. There is literally no dark-skinned cast member in, like, like principal. And so a part right. of me was like, right. I don't know. I kind of... I don't know. Like it's it's tough because it's like obviously I mean, I'm not gonna cancel. Not, I'm not gonna cancel it, the film, but it because you know it is no. great representation. However, it, it's true. Yeah, it just it's disheartening because it's like it just feels like we had to make sure like people were comfortable and like they were like, oh, how are we gonna sell tickets? Well, you know. Well, well I don't. I don't know. I hear you. The only thing I'm going to slightly disagree with that, like two things, I want to pass over a question with Trissa because she works in the industry. It's like, all right, so for me, if people came in and auditioned and they were dark skinned and they just were not good, would we just rather have had the representation in somebody up there that could not sing or somebody that could not act? For instance, like Amar, like a, there's rumors that Amara La Negra mm-hmm. was up for a role, but they were like, she didn't fit the bill. So I'm just like, you have to think about that. And then my other thing is right now, this is what I don't agree with. People are trying to akin this to like trans and you know more trans in film. They're like, well, this is no different than that. And I'm like, well, I, I mean, I guess, but like, I don't know. It's race and, and gender are very different. And I think that sometimes people are latching on to two different things to try to make it work. And I don't, I don't know how I feel about that. Well, what you just said about like, oh, well, they just weren't good enough. Well, that's what Vanessa, the actress that played Vanessa, because I don't know if you saw the interview that they did with The Root. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she did not hold back. The first question was immediately off the bat was like, why are there no dark-skinned people in this movie? And they were like, uh-oh. And so her answer was like, oh, there were several dark-skinned people at the interview, or at the interview, at the audition. I just was better. And it's like, okay. like, uh, Yeah. Your no, publicist dropped the ball on that. Um, what was it during the Oscars when, like, no female directors were um, nominated? And mm-hmm. I don't remember who said it, but he was like, well, maybe you guys should just be better, and then you'll get nominated. And yeah. she's like, no, 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 that is not... <laughs> Well, right. that is not the issue. So I don't. And that, I think that's the convers- a little different. The, yeah. Well, I'm just saying the conversation of like, well, there weren't any dark skin actors good enough to play the role that went out for it. I don't believe that's right. true. And right. Like, See, that's, that's where I disagree with you, Darrell, about like, oh well, I mean, there just weren't any dark skin people that were as good as the girl who played Vanessa. And it's like, no, I don't right. believe that. And I just I really think that, that like, a, and I, I'm gonna say I really just think that because she was light skin. A lot of white people would feel comfortable seeing her on screen. Absolutely, I think you know, also. Also, I think it had to play a factor in it. Yeah, and she also came in having credit. So my thing about that is just to be clear on that. It's just like we don't know. We were not there, and I absolutely right. would love to see someone like Darskin on there. But you know, we're gonna go with you know the whole thing about Marla Negra is like that's the only thing I've seen going around. Mm-hmm. They were just like she herself was not 
good in her audition, but that's one out of a thousand dark skinned people. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, she doesn't represent all dark, dark skin. She doesn't. <laughs> right. She doesn't. No. But yeah. that, that's what people are saying and you know, going back and forth on that. Teresa, so. how do you feel like being in the industry and like how do you feel about like, you know, the whitewashing that happened or like the controversy around like colorism in in the industry? Um, I mean, it's it's a it's kind of a crazy time right now because there's a lot of um you know just kind of specifically going into what i have a lot of experience in which is like trying to find um you know like writers of a certain level who are bipoc like that's something that we're really we really want to do so we want to put mm -hmm. people in those positions um the problem it's interesting right now is that we're what we're having problems with is that a lot of these uh people are getting to do what they want to do and they're getting to develop their own material. And so it's hard to find someone, you know, a showrunner or a story editor that with that for that position. So mm -hmm. what you what you kind of have to like start doing is like, well, what is the main goal? Like the main goal is to increase the opportunity and the accessibility. So what does that mean? Does that mean bringing on, you know, a white showrunner or a white story editor who can kind of like pave the way and like understands how the process works and then bring a junior person in as and this is like they're leveling up because mm -hmm. that's like what you don't want to do is take someone who's junior and level them up and then throw them in a position where they're not where they're going to fail they're not going to know what to do mm -hmm. right you know so it's like it's kind of it's it's interesting because you're trying to figure out what the best way forward is how to make things accessible how to make how to make it um more open you know it's just like um, one of the big things in animation is voices, right? It's mm -hmm. like, um, you know, I, um, I go back and forth on if I think each race needs to voice that race in animation. What I do think is like, we just need more BIPOC in the room. So mm -hmm. it's like, you know, even if they're, no matter what they're voicing, right? Mm -hmm. It's just the accessibility and it like, so yeah, it's, um, there's a lot that's going on that I think is good and positive and that's changing and making it, you know, people are getting in there more, but then there's also just like this other side that it's still difficult in a mm -hmm. lot of ways. Yeah. It's still yeah. difficult to like sell things like an overseas is interesting when you start talking about selling things overseas, especially when it comes to like LG, like going into like LGBT, like, mm -hmm. you know, there are countries where that's still illegal. Yeah. yeah. You know, and that's like insane. Mm -hmm. And that comes into play when you go pitch an LGBT show at a network or especially like, you know, a streamer that has international uh, viewers where mm -hmm. that it's like, they're, they're thinking about that. They're thinking about like, are we going to get in trouble? Like, mm -hmm. or is that government of that? You know, it's, there's like there's a lot crazy amounts it. of stuff going on that, that like, it's, it's easy to not think about unless you're, you're literally dealing with it on a day-to-day -day basis. So, right. but the good thing is the conversations are going. Mm -hmm. um, you have voices out there like Billy Porter is one of my favorite people who, mm -hmm. you know, is, is you know, doing a lot for, I think, the Black community and the LGBT mm -hmm. community. Yeah. Um, you know, you need those voices. Mm -hmm. um, you need those people to, to, you know, go out and do <clears throat> what they do. And, and yeah. 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 I agree. Well, I love Beautifully said. So on that note, let's take a quick break and we're gonna come back and we're gonna keep discussing a couple of things because I wanna to talk to y'all about Kim's convenience that is under fire right now. I don't know if any of y'all have watched that, yeah. it's on Netflix. But when we come back, we will discuss a little bit more. So everybody go get a quick refill and we will be right back. Bye. Bye. 
Hey, Pride fam. Do you have any juicy tea you want to spill with us? Well, why don't you give us a call on 844-25-PRIDE. That's 844-25-PRIDE. Slide into our DMs at Pride the Series on Instagram or email us at prideTheSeries at gmail.com. Welcome back, that guys. song brings uh, back so many memories. So right. many. It's so good. So That's many memories. Freddie Legrand and featuring Ida Core. Let me think about it. I think I won my first strip contest in Austin, Texas to that song. Probably. What were you saying, Darrell? I said, you used to pick me up on your face when we danced to that song. Yeah. Like, that was the part. Oh, my God. That is true. Adam would pick Darrell up on his face. I'd be on all fours on the ground. That was pre-COVID. It was great. Crawling. Nobody can lift nobody now. No, Bitch, I can't even get on the ground. My sciatica will say, fuck no. Sciatica. <laughs> uh-uh. So listen, when we left off, we were having a good conversation about uh, what, what was we talking about? <laughs> The entertainment industry. Okay. So, Adam, I know when we went to break, you had something that you were going to bring up. Right. To talk about. So, about Kim's Convenience, uh, which is a Netflix show, uh, a Canadian Netflix show that features a Korean family in uh, Toronto. Well, you know, I watched the first season and it was good. It was funny, you know, representation. And then uh, their last season, season five, just aired. And um, I think, yeah, I got the axe. Like, it got the chop. Well, then one of the actresses from the show has come forward and said, like, everything on set was very racist. Like, she didn't feel comfortable. The storylines were inappropriate and racist. Um, there was only one. Actually, I don't even think she said there were no Asian writers in the room. Uh, the only, like, Asian. That's fucked up. Yeah, the only Asian was the creator. And she obviously had no input on any of that. And so, yeah, she's like, I, you know, it was great. Thank you for allowing me to do it. But no, thanks. Like, this mm. shit was whack. And also, like, uh, a Korean family owning a convenience store. They're just like, come on. There are way better stories that we could have been told. I don't know. How yeah. do you, so one question, Adam, I want to ask on that to you, and I guess to everyone. How do you guys feel about the first part of it, of someone doing a show and they're acting and they're performing and then afterwards they have so much to say. Do you feel like it's like kind of a slap in the face to not only the fans, but to all the work that they put in all those years? Or do you think that some people kind of suffer in silence and it's a good thing to talk about it at some point? I think it's, they have to suffer in silence. Cause it's like, you know, a lot of scripts don't come across the desk every, you know, it's so you take what you can get, which is terrible to say, but yeah. it's also kind of like, well, this is a job and I'm getting a check. 
Mm. I think Let when just... people are, are face are in the industry and like they have like a big job, they the pressure of keeping said job yes. is right. It's very, very heavy. I mean, that's why we have like the instances like with Glee. After Glee's open, everybody was like, yo, uh, Leah Michelle was a bitch and she's crazy and da 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 da. But nobody said anything mm-hmm. like while they were there, but they were like, we were afraid we we're gonna lose our job. Well, Teresa, so- sorry. No, go ahead. Um, I was just going to ask Teresa what she thinks because she's literally on the ground in the industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I agree with the fact that, like, I mean, people are in position. You know, there, there's not a there's not a lot of um, TV shows getting made with that kind of representation. So then it's also like, well, this is the only one getting made. Like, mm-hmm. you don't want to. You know, it's like you don't, and you're getting you're getting paid, like you're getting exposure, like yep. he's in Marvel stuff now. You know, it's yeah, like exactly. he wouldn't yeah. do that if he had not been in Kim's Convenience. And right. so it's kind of like, mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's like when you come out of something and it was toxic, um, it's like you should be you should be able to talk about it. I but I think there's a duality to it. It's right. like mm-hmm. you know, this was a great experience, like at the time, like there was nothing like this. Now we have the ability to make you know more authentic stories like let's open the door for that mm-hmm. um you know while still while still like you know realizing that it, this was an important piece of material it was an important series to have on but it had problems yeah so what can we do now to make those problems to, to not have those problems next time mm-hmm. Teresa, exactly. you- yeah so like i think that's a great way to say like you know yes there were problems on set let me voice my concerns and my issues that i had so that way someone along the line in the future will take heed and let's let's make sure there are asian writers in the room there is asian representation you know out besides the actors and this and that and the other so teresa being the producer that you have have you ever experienced firsthand any um representation issues or anything like do you have personal experience with any people on your set having issues with representation uh i don't think i can point to anywhere where people were not wanting representation or were trying to you know like trying to cast um someone who didn't fit that as authentically as possible Mm. um you know what i mean like i think the most the most uncomfortable thing I think that I've encountered is like, honestly, like just trying to sell an, an LGP, uh, LGBT show. And was it um, pride? Was it pride? To, <laughs> was it pride? To... <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it's like, it's like, the, the, it's, it's, it's something that I'm passionate about. And so I have, I have had multiple shows that I've gone out with and just the either the, the oh we already have something that's similar to that and it's like oh what you there have one, other, one. You, yeah there's only yeah. one show that you can have that has like a, a gay angle of some sort you know like what is like really yeah um you know and then again like going back to what i said earlier which is just like there are places where it's outlawed and they have really big issues trying to get it aired right. um, that is crazy to me like especially like thinking in Los Angeles, like the most, in my mind, the most, one of the most inclusive cities in the world. But when it comes to producing television or film, because it's mostly, and correct me if I'm wrong, Teresa, but because it's mostly, mostly produced by white men, they have issues with diversity, with inclusiveness. Am I wrong in saying that? 
think you're wrong. I mean, I think that has been the case for, for quite some time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, that's, that's been the way things are run. It is changing. I mean, there, there is a lot of, um, there are a lot of women led companies now. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the last two years have been a ton of, well, look uh, at you, you're a co-founder that. of rehab entertainment. Yeah. Right. And you're right. part of it. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of women. She's a woman. Have, I'm a woman. <laughs> um, a lot of women of color have been have been bumped up at a lot of different networks and studios and they're now running running shit. Yeah. Uh, oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. You're you glad this is an episode where we talked about fisting, so you're good. Oh okay. okay. Right. Um oh, yeah, so, yeah, I mean but I think it is changing. I think there's still you know, it's interesting, like, if you think about, though, um, some of the studios that are owned by big media corporations, so I know, like, Time Warner's out of that now, like, but Warner's out of that now, but, like, mm-hmm. um, that's always been an interesting thing, because that, I think that a lot of that is still led by, like, an old school, like, kind of white-driven mentality, you know, mm-hmm. like, yeah. meet on the golf course and talk deals kind of shit, uh-huh. and you're like, uh-huh. I don't know how to play golf, right. and, like, I don't know that I want to know how to play golf, but, like, <laughs> but, that's how you move up in some of these places. But for some reason, for some reason, like, I'm addicted to succession, for some oh, reason. Oh, I love succession. That is, it's, that's a great show. It's a great show, but, of course, great it's show. a fucking white man that owns everything. It's on my, my queue. Yeah. yeah Ashley, yeah, you haven't so. watched succession yet. I haven't. All the shows that we watch, we haven't been watching. It's going to take months to catch up. Two points I wanted to point out, um, kind of going back to about the suffering silence part. You know, Afton Williamson, who was an actress who was on The Rookie, she spoke out on set about on-set misconduct and harassment allegations and said that, you know, hair and makeup people were teasing her because she's Black. And she had, just to be clear, she's a Black woman and she was being talked about because of her hair. You know, once she left, she really hasn't worked since. And, you know, it was kind of blackball for her speaking out. And, you know, it's it's very heartbreaking. And the other part of it, what Teresa was saying earlier about, you know, should we have people in these positions and have someone junior, on the first season of Pose, the creator, Stephen Canals, just actually spoke out and said, the reason that we had season one with James Vanderbeek, um, uh, Evan yeah. Peters and all those people, he's like, because we needed the white people yeah. to guarantee us three seasons. To get the viewers. Like, and that's why they cut to them. To get the viewers. Because, they were yeah. like, because, because again, think about it. My comment earlier on, think about how much we said that most of all of the actors, including MJ Rodriguez, they were like, we, we were like, they can't act. It ain't good. The first season, we did nothing but talk about, and, and we did, and I know other people did, but talk about these people of color and how they could not act on Pose. And that first season, we were like, it was excruciating. And then when you you could tell the difference between them and I guess more trained actors when they came on the screen. So by second season, we were lucky to be able to now find the parts. And now I think MJ became the heart of the show. Yeah. I think her acting did improve. You're right. You're right. Uh, I think our feelings about Electra, she yep. played her part and was her part. So well, once they I told that think, once they told that dancer boy trash. to sit down and they didn't give him no more right. time. And sometimes queer people, we are our own worst enemy because we do judge situations like that we we all mm-hmm. said oh my god they're so terrible they're not good actors but then we were stuck with the storyline with evan peters and them because they had to put them in the front to guarantee a show and I they lost forgot. a lot of viewers 
Evan and Peters was in that show. Um, yeah, and then they yeah. booted him. Oh, they, I will to this day still say Electra was trash, and she's still trash. She's still trash. But I agree. I'm her so acting ha- is I terrible. I love her on the show. Like she's I great, don't. and I'm glad she's there. I, I like mean, that she has do money. I think she's talented. That's hmm. it. No, it's no. the same I mean, with Laverne Cox, and I'll die on. I that do hill. not think Laverne Cox is the greatest actress that God had ever birthed out of her vagina. Well, I think that those people are thinking that they are that. I no. think that. Bitch, I think, I think I that think about that, myself too, but, but it don't mean it's true. But, but, I, but I think what we have to do as people of color and as queer You're people, right. we have to support it. You're 100% right. Are, you know, now, I'm not saying for us to go live and be like, damn, they are so good. But I'm asking us no. to find those little nuggets of, of greatness that we can support and speak out because then those shows will disappear. Pose is gone. We don't know when another show like Pose is going to come out again. Yeah, I totally feel you on that. There are so many. Tyler Perry. Every one of his shows. Well, that's <laughs> why it's the most. Like- this is why it's the most opportune time for season three of Pride the series to come out because who is representing the LGBTQ community? Us. We will happily go in. James uh, Corden. Like- James Corden. <laughs> Someone just found out that James Corden, like someone today was. Oh, Adam, I saw you liked it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was Bob the Drag King. Like, wait, James Corden is straight. Yeah, I know. I don't know. That conversation with Chris the other day, I was like. He's gay, right? And he's like, no, I'm gay. No, he, he's straight. He's straight. Like, yeah, he's gonna oh. so have a late, late night show being gay. So do y'all <laughs> feel like that he's profiting off the LGBTQ community? Okay, whoa, whoa. Now we're getting um, into it. Um, um, I mean, he played a gay character in The Prom and a lot of people are- He got nominated. Right. He, got nominated he, he got nominated for but, it. He got nominated for it. But he accepted the role. Should he have said, I, you know, let me- to someone else, but that goes back to <laughs> I need a check. Melissa Barrera, but he doesn't said, need a check. Give this to someone else. I mean, I think there's a balance. There, sometimes people do do that. Like, d- didn't like um, Scarlett ended up doing that. Fine, after the, you know they made Scarlett. Well, she was kind of like what she played a robot. <laughs> thing she did back away. She right. played. She played um, the robot and oh, stuff. Yeah. No, and her. Um, I'm just thinking of the robot oh, community. Mm. She was supposed to play Nina Simone. She was. She was. Yeah. Yes, 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 and right. she was like, I can't do this. <laughs> it's like, I, that doesn't make, it doesn't make sense. Who was supposed and, to play Nina Simone? Zoe Saldana. Zoe Saldana. Who is Nina Simone? The famous That's singer. That's a whole nother history lesson. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. Can... We'll discuss that another time. But no, that would have been like really bad casting, Bobby. <laughs> yeah, it was terrible casting, and she's like, I can't do this. But it, but, it's a, but it's a money thing, and it's just like, okay. and, you know, James Corden, he got a lot of flack for playing that role, and I heard a lot of people that were just like, why couldn't someone gay play that role? Why You mean to tell me every gay man that came in and auditioned for that role was not good enough? that they had to pick James Corden. And it's no. the same thing earlier, like with Melissa Brett, you mean to tell me that every single dark-skinned woman who came in was not good enough, so she had to be it? So again, it goes back to money. Like you were saying, Adam, it's kind of like, they put the best person forward that they knew that they would be- get eyeballs. Get yeah, eyeballs. they eyeballs and they sell. Get eyeballs and yeah. sell. Yeah. Yeah. It's I mean, all about the name. Yeah, Which yeah, I don't know if I disagree thing. because money is money and viewers are viewers. But I do think that I, because I get, I, you know, being someone who's trying to sell and like thinking about packaging and like how how to do this. Um, yes, I think you have to be thinking about that because yes, it's money and money is what literally makes the world go around. So you have to be thinking about that. I do think that 
there are those moments going back to like pose and even mm -hmm. in into the in the heights which i haven't seen yet but i've what oh we're gonna that. make you watch what Teresa? <laughs> i've watched it five times it's, is it on streaming? It's, it's on, on HBO. HBO. Oh, well then, it's we yeah. we it's rented so out a whole goddamn theater to watch it, right. and we then I went and then I yeah. I went home and I watched it four other times streaming it. That's yeah. yeah, yeah, I know. I have no life. Yeah, but on that note, it's like you do have to give the opportunity sometimes to people who maybe aren't the best, you know, like who aren't. And this is again going back to when we're talking about. And then also, again, going back to like my experience with writers speaking directly to them, it's like mm -hmm. you don't want to throw them into an ex throw them into a role where they're not going to ex excel because they don't have the experience or they didn't mm. have the teaching and the training and then they fall flat on their face or like they're not able to like, you know, if they're getting flack on the social media, like they're not able to handle it. Like you need people who are like going to be able to train them. To, yeah, like they need you need like, stars. You need stars. You need like, support. So it's like a. It's a balance. A balance. Mm -hmm. It's That's like exactly this delicate, weird balance of like where, how do you change the pers perspective of these audiences when, you know, if you cast James Corden, you're going to get more viewers. And if you cast like. Brayden Bradley. Okay, motherfucker. <sighs> this is what I was about to say. This is what I was about to say. Why you I nice love you, Brayden. I love you, baby. I'm just sad that you're not going to be here with me for my birthday. That's I'm just great. really going through it. Brayden said, hold Brayden. on. That's Brayden. You That's great. Let me talk. Let me talk. Since you brought up my no. name, let me talk. I was going to say, Teresa, if you wanted more viewers for your little productions that you do, like films and shit, <laughs> you can cast me because I get clicks, honey. I was Mr. Gay New York. I've got, I have thousands of followers. Followers on Instagram. Anyway, I, I think we oh, listen. Hello, hello, Drew. I'm not done talking. Friends. I'm not done talking. No. I'm not. Hello, don't take me off. Don't take me off. <laughs> <laughs> um, Adam, oh, I thought like, you were one, one thing I do want to say on the that's going fucked back up, Durant. That's fucked up. Really quick, um, Stephen Canals actually, who is the creator of Pose, him and Janet Mock was kind of developing this together. They had no showrunner are producing or directing experience to do a network show. So they brought in Ryan Murphy. After the first season, Ryan Murphy turned the reins over to them, which is why we saw a difference. But I thought like, he created it. Am I wrong? I thought no, he, Ryan Murphy, he, he did, did not create it. Ryan Murphy, did, Ryan Murphy actually didn't even create Glee. He was not the creator of Glee. Come on, Darrell. Um, come on with your knowledge. Yeah. So mm -hmm. Ryan Murphy, because he has the experience of being a showrunner, he came in and show ran until he felt that the people who created it could then step up and take over. So that I do want to like, I know he gets a lot of shit. I give him a lot of shit, but I want to give a shout out to Ryan Murphy on that. Cause I think it's so good that he was able to let me put y'all on. And yeah. now most of the episodes that were directed, written, it was all by Janet Mock and Stephen Canals. So they got that representation and they were able to go into the room. So we love that. Well, let me show run this show and say, we're going to go to commercial and we're going to be right back. All right. Have you been wondering how Pride the Series created Pride the Podcast? Well, the T is out. We use Anchor, the podcasting app that believes everyone should be able to have their voice heard. With tools that are really easy to use like distribution and monetization elements, Anchor puts creators first. For more information, check out anchor.fm. That's anchor.fm. 
I know that's right, Jessie J, with her new song titled I Want Love. I have to credit that because we ain't got enough money to pay the coins for the rights. <laughs> we pay just enough. Yeah, I, I, I cut it just enough. I know, you cut it just enough, but aren't we so happy that Jessie J is putting out new music? Yes, it's been too long. It has been so long. And I've tweeted that bitch for years asking for a new song, and she finally answered me. Not directly, Still but waiting on Rihanna, but I like listen, I love oh. Jessica Jane. I think she's an amazing artist. I think that again, talking about we were talking about cancel culture a little bit earlier, is like people are like everyone who's had an experience with Jesse J has been terrible. Like mm-hmm. there's not one person who's said like, oh, my experience with her was great. Um, so I think that a lot of people are letting that affect her art. And it's like, you have to separate the art and artist sometimes. And I like her music, but I know for some people they can't get past that. So Yeah, I can't get past that with Michael Jackson either. Because all of it, the shit with like the little castle and little, um, what was Neverland. his name? Neverland. Neverland. Yeah, that shit and little um, Home Alone Boy. It's just every time he, I hear, I have a legal note. He had never touched Michael uh, Macaulay Culkin, and Macaulay Culkin actually came out and stayed. This is Darrell Anthony coming to you live from the West Coast with a legal note. Take it away, Sonny Hostin. Yes. So um, Macaulay Culkin did make a statement that he never experienced nor saw mm-hmm. nor had any. I'm sure he got a lot of money from the Jackson estate to say that. Okay. Anyway, because no, in the documentary it said they were he was up at the North Tower. He was up at the North Tower, naked as fuck. They were watching a movie, and Michael was touching him. And ever since, you are that's not true. Well, All this because people said Jesse J is mean. You got to bring Michael into this. I'm just saying what people say. 20, 2020 election was a big lie. I don't know. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. <laughs> we'll move. We'll move on from that. Um, what else is going on um, in the politics realm? Um, Braden Trump. Tell us what's going on. <laughs> First of all, how dare you? Second of all, I will tell you. Mm-hmm, I know that's right. Play that clip. That one's fun. I know that's right. Okay, so I will tell you what's going on. Biden was just over at the G7 summit after the Trump era, trying to reestablish America, the United States of America, as a leading player as a foreign country in a global stage. And he was taken as professional. Even Vladimir Putin said, wow, he is experienced. He's professional. He knows what he's doing. He is not a puppet. So that's... Well, I'm glad our ex-president Putin likes him. I'm sorry, what? Our ex-president Putin, because Putin was our president. Oh, Trump Putin. Yeah, Trump Putin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, <laughs> so that happened, and the conversation went really well. I never thought that I would say that a conversation between America and Russia would go well, but whatever. Um, there's not going to be another Cold War. We love to hear it. Um, so that, it, that was good. But he also got criticism because he was overseas while his infrastructure agenda on soil is not going that well. Mm. Anybody know what I'm talking about? No. Y'all don't watch CNN? Not like that. I watch Good Morning America. That. That's, but that's that. why you're here to inform us and yes, our listeners. You are our well, I got crickets. Ever since I reported my legal note, I got crickets. Yo, you are the political analyst. We're listening and taking information. Uh-huh. Adam you is... Were hearing me. Yeah, okay, well, I'm just letting y'all know. Did y'all vote, by the way, by the way, by the way, by the way, sorry, Teresa, that you're not a New York City resident, but have y'all voted for the mayor 
and comptroller and your local city council representative and whatever the fuck else is on the ballot. Once this episode airs, yes, I will have voted. (laughs) (laughs) What about y'all while y'all overseas on the West Coast? Yeah. Do you get an absentee ballot? It's in the mail. Once this episode airs, yeah. Y'all fucking lying as shit. Y'all lying as shit. What? Y'all ain't voted and y'all ain't gonna vote. Tell me the truth. What are you talking about? By the time this episode airs, we'll be done done. You, You really is trying me. This is my birthday month. You have to be nice to me. Y'all are y'all are voting. Okay, let's talk about who we're voting for. No, we uh, already did that like two episodes ago. No, we're not doing that. Wow, y'all ain't voted. Y'all some bullshit. I just said after this airs, I'm gonna have voted. Okay. Yeah, have I voted now? No. <laughs> but uh, all right. Well, anyway. I saw Andrew Yang on the street today, and you did. I sure did. And I sent the group chat a picture of him, and he said, "Hey, do you want to talk to me?" I said, "I sure do not." Mm-hmm. And I walked right past. I'm good. Love. Yeah. Enjoy. What? I don't. I'm not talking to anyone who gets endorsed by the NYPD. I mean, yeah, that's true. Bye. Uh, I don't want to talk to you. You want to talk to me? <laughs> of course, you want to talk to me. But I'm not talking to you. Goodbye. And thank you so much for that sound effect. And I will tell you this: Eric Adams was, I think, on the other podcast a couple of weeks ago. I was, I was, think, I was talking about Eric Adams being my number one choice. He, I did not put him. I did not put him as my first choice, my second choice, my third choice, my fourth choice, my fifth choice. I do not. I'm done. I'm done with the police. I'm done. I'm done with it all. I'm not voting for anyone who is associated with NYPD. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. So my first choice was Maya Riley. I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell everybody. My four my first choice was Maya Riley, my second choice with Catherine Garcia, my second choice was uh Sean Donovan, my fourth choice was Scott Tringer. Adam is rolling his eyes, and my fifth choice was Dion Williams. That's it. That's it. That's what you got from me. That's what you got from me. And you go look on my ballot. You can look at it right now. I haven't even mailed it yet, but you can look at it right now. See, and she bitching about us voting. This shit. Because they asked me to place a stamp eh, here. They eh. say place a stamp here. I'm like, you want me? This is some bullshit. <laughs> my favorite is when Adam cuts Bray's mic off. It's great. Um, I feel like uh, Megan McCain. Not, I'm always the Megan McCain, and Whoopi says we have to go to break. Right. And there, she's like, stop talking, girl. We're so fucked she, up. I'm, um, I'm talking but, about everything that matters. What, you want to talk I, about I was going to little... say, what matters is Juneteenth is now a national holiday. Yes. Thank Hello. you. Thank you, Joe Biden. Thank you, Joe Biden. Thank there you, are Congress. a lot of people still upset, though. Who? Oh, sure. People of color are like kind of like we ask for certain oh, things, like yeah, we ask that. you to stop racism and you do this. It's just like you know, but right now Governor Abbott has said it's illegal to talk about it in Texas and teaching. You can't talk about uh, like he signed race the anti race bill mm-hmm. into law, and everybody's just like, oh, so you for real? Oh, so there's a lot of teachers who are actually going out on the limb and being like, we're going to teach it in our class, and if we get fired, we get fired. Um, so that's going to be interesting to see how that shakes out. I mean, yeah, it is interesting how we have like Juneteenth made it a, a national holiday, but then we have those situations. So it's just like, what progress are we actually making? Well, this is you the know? thing. Like we're putting a pretty veil over it. It's not saying that Juneteenth shouldn't be a holiday because it should, but it's just like, but we need like the important stuff, like, you know, education, like everything goes back to education. Yeah. And Unfor- that's the most important thing when it comes to getting over racism, not that we ever will, but, you know, going towards <laughs> like more, 
equal world and you know that is 100 percent true and correct unfortunately it literally takes acts of congress to move everything forward but to declare a national holiday is a presidential act and you know mitch mcconnell ain't gonna ain't gonna do nothing for people of color so you know, and I mean, I want to be appreciative of it. You know, unfortunately, mm-hmm. my arch nemesis, Candace Owens, actually tweeted today, Juneteenth is so lame. Democrats really need to stop trying to repackage segregation. I'll be celebrating July 4th and July 4th only. I'm American. And Candace Owens, just for all the people I don't know. That is crazy to color. me. Azalea Banks' response to her was, Oh God. So according to this logic, on July 4th, 1776, you would still be enslaved, most likely on the verge of starvation due to all of America's food supply having been prioritized for the war, while you hand-sewn American flags and struggled to wet nurse some depressed 24-year-old white windows. <laughs> Woo. Sickly child until your nipples are chapped and dry whereafter you will be whipped by her 80-year-old uncle for your own malnourishment and inability to produce milk, then sent to toil over a wood-burning stove, blistering your hands while forced to make a peasantly meal of biscuits and gravy. Oh. You will be by her irate, sunburned, and whiskey-soaked wow. 80-year-old uncle to be sure you do not sneak a single biscuit or finger full of root to yourself. After you've watched everyone eat, you will be sent to do the cleaning up. Your last task will be brushing the stress and balding white widow's hair. <laughs> bonnet a deep reset in her comfortable canopy bed next your final <laughs> descent down the stairs and out the back door where you will probably sleep on a bed bug infested pile of hay in the six four cabin you share with four other slaves happy independence day Candace Owens. that is over 140 characters first of all that's also not true that it's that you it is american yeah, that's an like, america that's a big that's yeah a Candace big Owens is absolutely like, insane to say that she literally doesn't make sense. That's why yeah. I need to meet her in person. So we can let's have her on the podcast. Talk. Teresa, being the producer and co-founder that you are, can you invite Candace Owens on this podcast so we can let a fucking bitch know? I'll reach out to her rep. Thank you so much. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, no. Damn, Darrell, you had that ready and pulled up and everything. Look, listen, Azalea is very... Problematic, problematic yes. controversial. Problematic, but the bitch and I don't want to ever give her a slide for the things that she has said against the LGBTQ community right. and other things. But in this particular moment, she hit the nail on the head. And anybody that goes yeah. against Candace Owens, I'll give you a point. I won't forget what you've done, but I'll give you a point. That um, was the that was fucking the tea though. She read that bitch to filth. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. The, the fact that you said you will be in a bed bug infested <laughs> cot with four other slaves Mm-mm. and you can't get Mm-mm. no biscuits and gravy because not no biscuits like, and gravy though. That, that was very not no biscuits and gravy because you know that his home. But Candace Owens is a joke. She is a joke. She is a joke, and you know, God don't like ugly. Karma's a bitch, and she will have what's coming to her for. Whatever the reason is that she sold out the black community, because we all know she's getting paid, that, you know, it, it, it it's coming her way. I don't know what's going to happen, but. Yeah, it's it's very sad because, you know, she asked the NAACP, the NAACP to help her. No. And she was called all the names that she was at school because she was harassed by a bunch of her white classmates who called her nigger and nappy headed and all of this and she asked for their help so then she ended up marrying one of the guys who was bullying her so i think she has a lot to unpack there and i really Mm. hope that she gets the help that she needs 
That's a nice way of putting it. I'm working on it. Wow, Darrell, you're really taking the high road there. You're really taking the high road. Speaking of high roads, right? (laughs) I want to take a quick exit off of this highway and you better put the blinker on. (laughs) Move on to our next topic. Where we discuss LGBTQIA plus. Yes, it's Pride Month. Sometimes is Pride Month. As being a prideful person, sometimes I forget that it's Pride Month because I'm prideful 365 days a year. Ew, as we should. (laughs) I love it. Anyway, so let's let's bring on our next segment. Who's going first with the LGBTQIA plus? Well, now we have like Teresa here, so we can do the LGBTQ. Ah. 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 <laughs> All right, let's do it. Who wants who wants to go yeah. first? Who's doing first Should we start with L? Right. I'm doing it right now. You're doing L? Right. Okay. Okay, well, go girl. Okay. Um so I'm handling the L. So Chris Nee is um my person. She is an animation writer, creator, producer. She um she's been in the industry for quite some time. She um I don't know if you don't watch preschool shows, probably not. But she did <laughs> uh Doc McStuffins was actually oh, which oh, was actually a really big deal on I Disney. I know Doc McStuffins. Yeah. Um and uh she's now over at Netflix and she has her own production company called Laughing Wild and she's like overseeing like a whole huge Netflix slate and including working with um the Obamas on a couple of Ooh. on a couple of projects. Um and she's just someone who's very uh very uh active in the community and um super super talented and going back to sort of you know mentoring you know people um especially people who are in underrepresented groups she's mm-hmm. a big proponent of that um you know she'll bring in writers who may not have all of the experience in the world but that but she can be that, that mentor for them um so she's really um She's she's a really inspirational figure. She's extremely talented, and even though I'm not a preschooler, I do enjoy watching her shows because they are really really entertaining. Wow, we'd love to see yeah, boss. She's a boss. That's she's amazing. A boss. She had one. So actually, in one of the Doc McStuffins episodes, there was a, a episode about two moms, and it was Wanda Sykes and Portia de Rossi. Oh, what? we love oh, that! What a good little combo. Right? The preschool show. Yeah, that's yeah. that's very progressive. Come on, interracial that. couple. <laughs> interracial lesbian couple. I love it. We love to see it. <laughs> well, I guess it's my turn now uh, with the G G G G. So my G G G Yeah, my hero is Greg Luganus. Since the Olympics are this year, I figured why not. Um, so Greg Luganus is an American Olympic diver, LGBT activist, and author who won gold medals at the '84 and '88 Summer Olympics. Um, and he is basically known as the greatest American diver and probably the greatest diver in history. So what now, about Tom Daly? Tom Daly wouldn't be here if it weren't for Greg Luganus. Okay, I love that. Yeah, so, yeah. So, uh, but, Tom Daly can get it, though. Well, I guess. But, so, uh, Greg Luganus, six months before the 88 Olympics, he was diagnosed with HIV. Um, and at the time, people with HIV AIDS were, you know, facing a stigma, which I think are still facing today, but it's, you know, a little bit more lax. But they were often losing their jobs, being denied housing, you know, just being ostracized. Um, and then years later, he came out publicly as HIV when... Uh, yeah, so, oh, let me backtrack. So in the 88 Olympics, uh, he had a head injury. He hit the diving board, blood got into the pool, and he was just petrified that somebody was going to contract it, that it was going to get out, that he was going to, you know, go 
public with it. Luckily, nobody did, and everything was great. But then, you know, years later, he finally came out and was like, oh, by the way, I'm HIV positive. But yeah. Love that. So I'm thinking, yeah. (laughs) He, I think, yeah, opened lots of doors for athletes who are scared or who are still in the closet and or let them know it's okay. Come out whenever you're ready. Love that. Love that. I will go next taking the B for <laughs> Brayden. Um, <laughs> no for bisexual. My um, highlight is actually Kristen Cinema. She was an American state senator from the state of Arizona. And do y'all remember her? No, Ooh, Kristen Cinema. Yeah, okay, y'all remember her. Okay, so she was a Democrat and she served in the Senate for three terms um, as a state representative for the oh sorry the Congress for as a state representative for Arizona's fifteenth district and a one-term state senator um, again from Arizona, and she was one of the first LGBT people in politics to come out and be public and um, literally represent the American public in Congress. And it was just so inspiring to have one of our own people making laws and representing us. That's amazing. It is amazing. It's fucking amazing. And then we got Pete Buttigieg. We got everybody. Yeah. I'm sure Biden's a little bit gay too. I I hope Obama is a little bit because I want it. I don't know. I'm just thinking. Yeah, I'll take it. Um, all right, so, so I'm going to do the tea. What if and Trump was, was gay? No. Speaking of tea. Um, no. Uh, no. Huh? What if Trump was gay? Stop. We're Speaking not. Speaking of tea. Go. All right, sorry. Thank you, Adam. Keep, keep, um, Janet Mock. So Janet Mock actually started working at People Magazine, uh, where she was a staff editor for more than five years. And then she publicly came out as a trans woman in... A, a 2011 Marie Claire article. So uh, people did not know that she was trans for a very long time. And so she kind of was already within the industry. Uh, most recently, she was directing and also producing and writing uh, for the hit series Pose on FX. Um, so Janet continues to, um, she does the hashtag girls like us, um, which uh, uh, received a bunch of attention from several queer media sites. um, And she continues to advocate for trans women um, and making sure that they don't go unnoticed. She's one of the most outspoken voices as we've seen in the past couple of years, there's been a lot of trans women that have been killed, especially trans women of color um, that have gone on talked about in the media. And Janet makes sure that those women are not forgotten and and to always uh, have that trans representation wherever she is. So love to Janet Mock. I think she's an amazing trailblazer and I can't wait to see what she does next what happened recently Darrell when she was at the post finale party well she really got on stage and again she was speaking out um, against how FX has treated her show and and the things that they've had to go through in the industry uh, with that particular show she also took the opportunity to speak out to her boyfriend um, Angel Bismack Curiel uh, who played Lil Poppy on the Mm -hmm. show um, and let him know I've slept with a couple of people and cheated on you but I love you and don't leave me. And uh, Bye. He didn't. I'm and leaving he, you. He didn't. No, he did not. He is still there because he said she's a very strong woman to admit something like that. And he oh, said give me it's high rank. time that women be able to admit their infidelities and faults and not be blamed for it. If a man is always going to be doing that as well. So he, he loved her. He took her back. Um, yeah. Wow. Yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> All right. So I, I have the cue. 
which is queer or questioning, but I'm going to talk about Janelle Monet, who falls under the queer umbrella. So as y'all know, Janelle Monet is a singer, she's a songwriter, she's an actress, producer, model, like she does it all and she's fabulous. And so she was mostly known for Moonlight and she was in Hidden Figures and she has all the hit music. And in 2018, um, she came out in Rolling Stone. And she said, I identify as a queer black woman in America. Um, at first she came out as bisexual and cause she's been in relationships with men and women, but then she started reading about pansexuality and she was like, oh, actually I think like I identify as that too. So she identifies as both. So she just falls under the queer umbrella which is great representation. I remember, um, was it last year or two years ago where she opened up the Grammys and it was just like this queer black mm. woman is opening up the Grammys and like there was a rainbow flags everywhere. And I was like, wow, this is very gay, Afrocentric. Like it was a beautiful thing to see. So she's great. Open up doors. And Ashley, for our listeners who aren't necessarily part of our community, can you explain what pansexuality is? So pansexuality. Hold on. Let me let me get in a, an official oh sorry to put you on the spot i but love my words i feel like our listeners who who aren't necessarily part of the lgbtqia plus community may not know what pansexuality is so so let's let educate the the, <laughs> the wikipedia definition go ahead Pansexuality is sexual romantic or emotional attraction towards people regardless of their sex or gender identity mm. so if you're pansexual it you just don't care about the um male or female organs you're just attracted to the person right right and that, there's a difference between pansexuality and bisexuality where if you're bisexual you're attracted to a woman or a man if you're pansexual you're attracted to the spirit within a human being very that right Yes, exactly. Yeah, this um, is this is great. I love that we're doing this educational segment. It's been a great episode. I've missed you guys, and I can't wait to miss well, you guys. Miss you and I'm today. so I'm so happy that Teresa was able to be on the panel today. Yeah. <laughs> and y'all, we're just the rich motherfucking bitches that we are when we're we're doing a podcast, literally from the West Coast and the East Coast. Look at us. Look at us. Well, thank you, DNR Studios. Thank you, right, DNR. That, that's and, the narrative. That's the narrative. <laughs> and, but and as always, always please follow me on all social media, oh, guys. Oh, should get to you the know, follow. Darrell okay, Anthony. go ahead. Go ahead. Um, I am Darrell Anthony. You also need to Venmo me at Darrell Anthony. It's it is birthday my birthday week. week. I need this. Send me some money. Uh, you can also cash me, cash at me at <clears throat> BDA money, M-U-N-E-Y. I don't know why that <laughs> made that, but please send me some money. You can also Zell me too. I okay, well, 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 well. Now, go ahead. Ashley. Let them know how they can find you, sis. I love it. Um, you can find me at Ashley Aaron M on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. You can Venmo me at Ash Aaron M. I'm definitely taking donations because we are about to um, do some big things in Vegas. Wow. It's going to be bad. I'm wow. scared. Wow. I'm scared for you. And you can find me, Adam Andrew Rios, at Boxed Wine Poppy on Instagram and Twitter. With Oh, yeah. Hero. <laughs> and my Twitter is not safe for work, so just be aware of that. And you can uh, Venmo me at Adam A. Rios. Gracias. <laughs> Rios. 
You can just find me on Instagram at Mr. Braden Bradley, and I ain't thirsty, so I ain't getting you my Venmo. Well, that's cute. But you're the one who needs the most money. You're not smart. <laughs> you're not smart. <laughs> How much money well, have not- y'all gotten from plugging this shit on the podcast? Ain't got no dollars. And- ain't got no dog Before hairs. Before you go, Ter- shut up, Braden. Teresa, where can we find you? Oh, um, all of my social media is just my name, Teresa Kelton. I know that's right. Very that. <laughs> That's it. TK. That's it. Thank you, Teresa, for joining us today. Thank you so much. Yay. Thanks, guys. Y'all be safe in LA because we're being safe in New York. Okay. I hope y'all go out tonight and have a good time. Now nah, I'm going to bed. We'll see. That's fair. <laughs> All right, guys. Love you so much, and we'll see Love you again y'all. soon. Happy birthday week, Darrell. Happy birthday. Bye. Bye. Bye.